morning good morning welcome to the show and y'all I, I hate to say it this way but because we're almost at the end but are you ready for some real football uh listen uh playoffs are near uh we've got championship games uh that have just happened here and a lot is going on and i cannot any year dive into this without trying to get uh, my great friend uh, and ESPN college football analyst Joey Galloway on the phone to help us break some of this down. Y'all know him very well, uh, not just from his work today, but I do like to bring up he's a former wide receiver for the Ohio State Buckeyes and the NFL. And uh, you can you can y'all go ahead, start Googling, watch some of those iconic plays uh, back uh, back in the day. I won't age him. I won't date him. But um, but what an amazing player he was and what an amazing amount of, uh, of experience and expert analysis he brings every single day, every single week. And you know what? Once a year for us. So we appreciate it. Joey, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Um, listen. A lot happened yesterday, but I really want to talk a little bit about uh, just sort of the playoff rankings as they stand, you know, and as you look at things shifting, uh, you you um, some of these things confuse me a little bit. But do you still do you look at the top four as sort of being uh, the same? Uh, yeah, that's where I had them. We, we knew that it, a couple things were going to happen, uh, you know, a week ago when Ohio State and Michigan were inside the top four. We, we knew that they had to play each other, so that was going to work itself out. Uh, we also know that, you know, Oregon and, and Washington have to play each other, so that has to work itself out. You know, like, so there's things that are just going to happen here. And, you know, that's the, the I guess, the fun part about the rankings is everybody gets up in arms when rankings come out you know, the first ranking, the second ranking, and then it's like, there's really no point of getting upset because all of this <laughs> is going to work itself out. Yeah. Everybody has to play everybody. Everybody's got to play everybody. But, man, I got to tell yeah. you, and I, you know, listen, you're when, – when, when Michigan and Ohio play, man, do you – the, the, does it take you back? I mean, that game is always pretty iconic, and we watched it a week or so ago. Uh, what does Joey Galloway think? Because I know you're talking, you know, you're a talking head on all these other games, but but we can't take away that you have you had some time there and 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 won some a lot of games there. Does it does it does it? Are you sitting on the edge of your seat during that game? I, I am uh, simply because really I'm a college football fan. Uh, first and foremost, so that's not the only game that I sit on the edge of my seat and watch. <laughs> you know I mean? Like when there's a when there is a rivalry game, and I think that's what makes college football special. That's what makes it different. That's why I hate to see all of the realignment happening because we lose some of those natural rivalry games. And so when there's a rivalry game played, man, it, it, it is the best thing in sports to me. Uh, and so Ohio State, being the guy from Ohio and went to Ohio State, 
obviously that one is, is the biggest to me. And yeah, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. Uh, it, and it was a great game. I, I don't know that, you know, obviously uh, the Buckeye fans would, would like to walk away with a win. But I don't know that they could ask for a better game uh, to sit and watch be played than that one. Yeah, and, and man, that Iron Bowl is something too, man. I, I mean, when you watch just now, we, we, we were going back a decade watching the end of that game when uh, the guy missed a field goal and and Auburn ran it back for a touchdown. But listen, we'll yeah. be talking about this ending as well, right? Absolutely. That And again, another situation where I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. And I don't have a dog in that race. But watching the way that game is played out, watching what's happening there, and literally feeling like Alabama had just given the game away. Uh, and, and at the end, after driving down and just, you know, sort of uh, stepping on her own foot, it was like, how in the world does he complete that pass to the back of the end zone? Right. So I don't know, like in a weekend like that with rivalry games, man, that, that's what you ask for. That, again, like Ohio State fans, I'm sure Auburn fans didn't quite enjoy it the, the, same, the same way, <laughs> but that's what rivalry games give you. Yeah, and and we love them, right? We love them, and it's hard to it's hard to say which are the best, but they're, they're all they're all especially if they play like that. They're close games. Something in the end changes the whole dynamic. Uh, you know, hopefully the guys stay healthy throughout the game, but you you, you never really know, right? I mean, all, these things yeah. can happen. So, uh, listeners, as you know, we we tape this show. Uh, the week we tape it on the week before, so we're on a Thursday or something like that, and we air it on a Sunday. So, uh, Joey, we have some matchups that I know we don't know right now who won, but we got ACC matchups, we got SEC matchups, and some and some. And, I mean, these games will have some indicators, some indication on where we head towards the playoff, right? Yep, for sure. And I'm, I'm looking at Florida is, State. Uh, and, which, again, this yeah. is what you asked for. You, we haven't had this in a long time. We haven't had where we get to the end and the games actually matter to the playoff. I mean, I don't know that we could be in a better situation than going into this weekend and what we have set up so far with the meaningful matchups. It's actually incredible. So, But, but for the folks that don't understand it, so let's t- take Florida State. Florida State plays Louisville. You know, they beat Florida in their rivalry game, but 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 now they got to play Louisville. And if they lose to Louisville, does that does that knock them out of the playoff? They're absolutely out. If if they lose that game, uh, they would be out. And quite honestly, I don't know if they win that game means that they're in. Okay. I, I think that there are some scenarios in there that may not work out in their favor. Uh, and it's unfortunate uh, that they lost Jordan Travis uh, the way they did, when they did. Uh, that's an unfortunate circumstance. I think with him, uh, a lot of the conversation that we're having, we would not be having. It would simply be if they win their end. But I think there is a crack in the door to some conversations to be had, even if they win uh, in a close game, that they may still be in danger. And and again, we that puts us in a situation where five and six will all have something to say, right? <laughs> when we when we yeah, at, they'll all the way down to eight, all the way down to eight. <laughs> so what about all the way down to Alabama? Well, could we see Texas and Alabama uh, potentially move into the top four? I mean that we got that uh, that's a huge game too. 
Yeah, that's that's why this is fun. So Alabama plays Georgia. That's right. And if they can go and beat Georgia, um, that keeps them in the conversation. And if Texas uh, has a big game, I don't think Texas can just win. Uh, if everyone else wins, if Bama wins, if Florida State wins, um, say Oregon wins, uh, Michigan, like I don't think Texas can just win to get in, but I think it makes an interesting conversation if they go and dominate Oklahoma State. If it's a blowout, those are the conversations that sort of put uh, Florida State in a predicament. Uh, if, if Alabama goes and beats Georgia, like, where does Georgia go? Do they fall outside the top four? Uh, that's a tough conversation that's a to tough, have. That's a tough call if, and probably yeah, not. Yeah, if Texas dominates, you know what I mean? Like that, that is a tough conversation to have if Texas dominates because they beat Alabama. If Alabama goes and beats Georgia, man, we, we can really have some fun on Sunday yeah. if these things play out. So, so let's just say if Louisville had won the game last week, would, would you be saying something different about Florida State if they went Sunday on Saturday and beat Louisville? I don't necessarily think that I would have been saying something different. I think the committee would absolutely be saying something different uh, because Louisville would be a top 10 team at that time for for Florida State to add to their resume. Uh, Now uh, they've fallen. I think they fell four spots uh, in the ranking. And and Louisville is another team that, honestly, they've played two bad games. They played a bad game against Pitt. Uh, and lost to them after beating Notre Dame. And then they played last week against Kentucky where they give up 31 points in the second half, which is not the the way Louisville has been all year long. So they played literally two bad games, and it's cost them. And ultimately could cost the ACC because now they're not a top top 10 team for Florida State to add to their resume. Wow, wow. So so we got to talk about the Washington Huskies, though, right? I mean – how do you how do you see Washington in the context of Georgia and Michigan? Washington finds a way to win, uh, and, and I don't know that they get their credit. I think I think they might be ten point underdogs right now. Wow, which is kind of crazy yeah. to be double digit underdogs to a team that you beat previously uh, <laughs> on the year. And so Washington has given people a reason to doubt them. Uh, just last week they had to. To pull one out in the fourth quarter at the end to beat Washington State, a team that was absolutely struggling in the second half of their season. Washington has played these close games down the stretch uh, to teams that shouldn't have been on their level. And so it has let people doubt who they are. Uh, but with all that said, if they beat Oregon again, they are absolutely getting in. So Everything they want is right in front of them, even though, you know, it hadn't been the prettiest thing. They're undefeated. That's right. If they stay undefeated, they get in. Wow. And so, listen, with all that in mind, because it sounds like you're going to have fun with this, right? (laughs) How does this match? It could be a lot of fun. Oh, my God. But how does this how does this match up with what we're going to potentially go through? Well, potentially what we're going to go through next year. Right. As we go to the 12 team playoff. Do you think we're winning, or do you think we this this scenario that's playing out right now shows us sort of the you know the optimal sort of situation? It, this is it's going to get interesting to me next year. Uh, once you take divisions away um, 
in the Big Ten and, and the other conferences and are just playing it out. And then the two best teams, like the Pac-12 does now, the two best teams, uh, the Big 12 does it, two best teams play at the end for the championship. It's going to be interesting what that does to some rivalry games. Like, let's say Ohio State-Michigan have to play three times in a year. Wow. They play yeah. at the end of the year. Say they both still get into the Big Ten championship game, uh, which they would have this year if it played out that way. And then say they play again in the 12-team playoff. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to be – this is going to be very interesting the way it changes the landscape. Uh, we'll find reasons to argue. I mean, it's just going to change from arguing about who's the 12th, the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, that kind of thing. But uh, it, it is going to be interesting. This would probably have been the best year for the expansion. In past years, I'd have never said that because in past years, when we've gotten to Selection Sunday, it was basically set. Like, there was no drama. There was no question mark. Last year, if USC beats Utah, they're in. If they don't beat Utah, which they didn't, then Ohio State gets in. It was that simple. Wow. And so by Sunday, in the probably the past few years, we've known who the four teams were going to be. This one has the potential to have eight teams in a discussion of who should be there. And that's, man, that, I, I can't ask for anything more than that. And I don't <laughs> think college football fans can ask for anything more than that. This conversation's been terrific. Man, I tell you, it's going to be interesting. We just sort of in the perfect storm, right, with NIL and and the portal, now the, the expansions. And I wonder, are we just beginning to see how all this is going to take place or uh, when you I mean, when you're sitting with your colleagues and y'all start to talk about the politics of of college football, I mean, where where do y'all lean as 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 analysts and former players, those of you who are? Do you look at it in a way that 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 you say somebody needs to 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 do something or that everybody just needs to adapt because college football is going to always be great? Well, I think it's both things. I think everyone needs to adapt because it's not going away. I don't want to adapt. I hate where we're <laughs> headed. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't. But but I've hated it way before NIL. I've hated it once teams started moving to different conferences. Like that was what started to bother me in, to begin with. I mean, and when players started not playing in bowl games if it wasn't in the playoff. Mm. Like all of that stuff bothers me. Mm. All of that takes away from what college football uh, used to be. And so because I believe so much uh, about rivalries in college football and why it's special, uh, it's how you recruit. You bring your recruits to the rivalry game and show them, like, your best. Um, I, I think when we start moving teams around, you know what I mean? Like Texas, Oklahoma, go, going to the SEC. Like, where's the rivalry game for them? You know, when you start to do things like that, like when Nebraska comes to the Big Ten, where's the rivalry game that, that matters? You know what I mean? Like, when you talk rivalry games, those are games that people watch that don't have anything to do with the game. You know what I mean? Like, I sit and watch Alabama-Auburn uh, because I love the rivalry That's aspect right. of it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I watch Texas-Oklahoma because I love the rivalry aspect of it. So when those things go away, you add the NIL to this, uh, you also add the, the players not playing in bowl games. Uh, I think we lose so much of what college football used to be. And at this stage, like, nobody has a backup quarterback. That's why when Jordan Travis goes down, Florida State 
they have to go to a guy that hasn't played. He's been there, but he hasn't played a whole lot of football. That's right. Any guy that doesn't get the starting job, they're in the portal going to play somewhere else. So, like, this is, you know what I mean? Like, and some of these top programs pick off the best players that uh, some of the other programs. So it's like, it's turned into a free agency thing. We're going to have to adjust. I don't want to do it. But we don't have a choice. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I love your candor here, and I, I appreciate you just sort of laying that out. And, and your personal feelings, right? Like, Because I think a lot of people yeah. aren't willing to just say, you know what? I, I don't really like it, but but I got I to gotta adjust to it. Let, let me ask you this. What do we, when we look at what the Pac-12 did this year, what do you think we're losing in losing that conference? I, it is amazing. Like I feel like if, if they'd have done that in the past, <laughs> you know what I mean? but they waited too long. They, they waited too long, right? A couple years ago, you know what I mean? Like so, uh, I, I think we're we're losing a big part of history, uh, the history that uh, that conference has given has given us, and uh, not just not not just football, but you know that that is that has been a great conference in in a lot of different sports that. Probably a lot of people don't even pay attention to, but because I'm a sports fan, I pay attention to. Like I, I'll sit down and watch. I'll sit down and watch swimming. Like Stanford has a great swimming team. You know what I mean? I'll watch track and field. USC's been terrific. So like all these things that I will sit and watch. Like I hate to see the Pac-12 go uh, away. And and so once again, but this is the way we're going. I mean, you guys. At this point, I I don't. I honestly, this is what I do for a living, and I honestly don't know how many teams are going to be in the Big Ten next year. I don't know how many teams are going to be in the Big 12 next year. I'm, I, can't, I can't keep track. I can't tr- keep track of where the players are because everybody's in the portal, and you start a opening, you know, opening week of college football, and you're like, oh, man, that quarterback, he, he played over there last year. I, didn't, right. I forgot he moved. Like, so it's, it's, it's like a learning experience all over again. Every start of every college football season, you have to relearn – where players are, who's in what conference, and again, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Well, and we got some coaches moving around too. Uh, anything shock you yeah. yet? Not really. Outside of uh, Texas A&M willing to write a eighty million dollar check, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're paying him more not the coach nice. than they're paying the guy that's coming to coach. Absolutely right. Whoever figured out this thing where uh, coaches get paid all their money once they sign a contract is a genius. And, and I wish we all could have that kind of job uh, that you get all your money. But I, I don't think that there was much of a surprise. Obviously, Mel Tucker and his situation uh, sort of came out of nowhere. But, uh, I mean, this is just the way it goes now. I mean, you sort of expect uh, these kind of things nowadays with the coaching changes. Well, I, you know, Jimbo's got enough money. He might be coming to sit next to you guys, man. <laughs> he might. Now, if I was Jimbo, I wouldn't leave my couch. Right. I would be like, man, I I've worked. He he hey, he's worked a long time. Yes, he's he been has coaching a long time, and look, he 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 earned it. Like so, yeah. If I Jim, if I Jimbo, I I take me a nice long vacation. It's like, hey, you guys can have all this nil, all this realignment, all of it. I'm just gonna go ahead and relax. Well, it, it seems like he's re- he was reluctant to to moving to some change. Uh, and speaking of that. Uh, it was interesting to hear that that, that Dabo Sweeney was uh, at least being talked to and not not you know refusing it, but he's been sort of reluctant, particularly as it relates to the 
to the transfer portal. I mean, do you think that's what we see in in Clemson not being the Clemson of O? Um, I I think that uh, if he was reluctant before, he's going to get on board here eventually. I mean, you you have to now, like like you literally have to. Um, Clemson doesn't look the same, but you know they just won four games in a row. And Dabo said, if you can buy some stock, you better get it now. So he feels uh, obviously like every coach that uh, that they'll be back. But again, they just ended winning four straight games, and I'm sure they'll be ready for a bowl game. And so we'll see what they are next year. But uh, we have we have seen that you know teams can get in that portal, find players, and uh, you know and, and improve tremendously. Uh, look at Florida State. You know what I mean? Like everybody's doing it now. You get in that portal, find some players. So I'm I'm quite sure that Clemson will get on board here eventually if they are, if they haven't already. Yeah. So I, I, I've held you. I got to let you go. Just just final thought in this area. You know, uh, Deion Sanders has been a big in Colorado, been a big conversation. Anything shock you about where where they ended? Not necessarily shocked me. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, they, they had the, a perfect setup to begin their season with TCU, who had obviously fallen off. But they were uh, they were in the national championship game last year, so I think it was a perfect start and created a ton of excitement. And you know, a lot of people watch a lot more Colorado football uh, this year than they ever have in the past, and I oh, think that's a win. Both brings, on television you know, and in it, person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And I think that's a win when you when you have to go recruit and get players. So it's a great start. But now, uh, and, and I've heard Dion say. Like, this is the worst that they'll be. I don't know who's staying, who's leaving, but it'll be interesting to see. I believe they're going to the Big 12. So now they have a, a different animal uh, to fight in a different conference, but I expect them to be successful. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, I always appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, and I know I, I text you sometime and say, man, uh, that's a great suit. I still want your suit guy name and number, man. I know you holding you hold it off on me, but uh, but but man, we love we love you on the show. Uh, we love it because you're candid. You don't mind disagreeing with folks because uh, sometimes, man, people say things that they think they ought to say, and you you quick yeah, to say, sure. no, that that. No. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm going to give you what I got. And I kind of love when you do that. So just know uh, you got a fan in Tallahassee, and we appreciate you uh, uh, being friends of our show. Now, there's big games this Saturday. Any predictions? Um, I, I don't have any. Um, but, man, I only thing I know is I can't wait. I'm going to be <laughs> at ESPN in studio sitting there watching every single snap. And wow. I am so looking forward. I can't remember last time I've been this excited going into uh, a final weekend. So wow. Well, listen, man. Uh, hey, safe travels. And, and let's stay in touch and, and communicate during these games this weekend, man. But, y'all, uh, Joey Galloway, a uh, friend of the show. And, Joey, thank you, man. And uh, travel safe. For sure. Appreciate it. All right, listeners, stay with us for a short Pittman Point right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show and a big thank you to ESPN College Football Analyst and our friend, y'all, Joey Galloway, uh, for joining us and for being a friend of the show and always breaking down uh, these college football rankings and and what could be in store for us, y'all, not just this year's playoffs, but 
the playoffs to come. You know, we're going to be doing a 12-team playoff next year. So I uh, appreciate him coming on the show to, to enlighten us uh, with his thoughts uh, and his professional um, expertise. Listen, this week, Pittman Point, it only seems fitting to talk about another Buckeye, y'all. Uh, but this time, talk about Archie Griffin, whose legacy left an indelible mark uh, on both college football history and the broader narrative of black excellence. His unmatched achievement as the first player to ever secure the Heisman Trophy, y'all, twice, twice, uh, solidifying his place among the greatest athletes of all time. The Ohio State running back, only standing five foot eight, uh, inches, eight and a half inches. Don't let me cheat him. Just gonna let me cheat him on his half inch. Uh, but five foot, eight and a half inches and 184 pounds defied physical expectations, showcasing not just speed, but an unparalleled balance and agility on the field. His college career at Ohio State marked by 5,176 rushing yards and an unprecedented streak of 31 consecutive regular season games with over 100 rushing yards. It remains an unmatched uh, feat. His dominance in the sport transcended mere statistics. It represented a, a pinnacle of athletic excellence that captivated the nation. While his career extended from Ohio State to the Cincinnati Bengals, culminating in his induction into the National Football Hall of Fame, Griffin's historic accomplishment echoes far beyond the realms of sports. It symbolizes the breaking of barriers, the shattering of records, and the unyielding pursuit of excellence against all odds. As we conclude this final month of 2023, the Pittman point this week is to let Griffin's uh, legacy, y'all, serve as a call to action for us all. Let us strive to do it again in our own lives. Whether it's breaking barriers in your field, shattering personal records, or championing change, let us draw inspiration from Archie Griffin's enduring spirit to finish this year strong, pushing the boundaries of what is possible, creating our own history, our own stories, and embracing the power of perseverance and determination to make a mark on our world. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, y'all. Uh, we'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.